This podcast is brought to you by Rajane Weininger, the author of a new Shambhala press book entitled Heartwork, The Path of Self-Compassion. Please listen to the interview with Rajane on podcast number 635. In Greg's interview with Rajane, they speak about her personal story and how it led to her being so interested in the Buddhist practices and to form her own personal practices of deep meditation. They also speak about many of the nine practices of opening up the heart to heal deep personal emotional wounds. Rajane has filled heart work, the path of self-compassion, with amazing stories of her patients and provides the readers with opportunities for reflection questions to journal about. Please join Greg and Rajane in this wonderful interview about mindfulness and meditation as they journey into learning how to practice opening the heart. Listen to podcast number 635 with author Rajane Weininger. PhD, MD. You can access her website at www.radhuleweininger.phd.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Byron, as I tell my listeners uh, every time I come on these podcasts, um, when I started this almost 11 years ago, I had no idea that I'd still be on the air 11 years later and 600 and almost 40 podcasts later as well. So it's always a pleasure because the people keep demanding. There is an insatiable appetite out there to learn, and uh, I love doing it. And today, joining me, are you in Oakland today, Byron? I'm actually in the Midwest on book tour. I'm in Cincinnati, oh. Ohio. Okay, he's in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, but you do live in the Bay Area, don't you? I live in Marin County in North, you know, in the Bay Area. Yes. Okay. Well, we have Byron Belitos. He's a leading expert of Uranta Book and the training in philosophy, psychology, history and theology. He's a publisher, editor, or, or co-author of numerous acclaimed and award-winning books, including many relating to Uranta Revelation, a student of Uranta book for four decades, and he has spoken widely about its teachings, including innumerable radio and TV programs, which is obviously where he is today with us doing this podcast. And if, for my listeners, if you want to learn more about uh, Byron, you go to um, www.evolving-souls.org. Um, you know, this, Your Evolving Soul, is a, is a fascinating book, and it's also a very deep book. And I think for my listeners, many of them out there, um, Byron, are not going to know about the the Uranta book. And that's where I want to start because much of your book is based on the foundation of this. But for many listeners, like I said, they needed brief explanation about the genesis of the Uranta book as the foundation to understand the premise behind your writings. Can you briefly explain that for them, if you uh, would, please? Well, of course, Greg. Yes, I'd be, I'd be happy and honored to do that. Folks can think of it like a Course in Miracles. I mean, almost everybody's heard of A Course in Miracles. So it's kind of, in, it's in that genre of a purportedly revelatory text, you know, not written, you know, channeled, but, but channeled in an extraordinary way because, you know, the Course is, you know, like perfect uh, 
sentences and beautiful grammar. And the Urantia book is the same way. The, with the Urantia book, there is there is no known author that because there have been copyright lawsuits and the publisher could not produce an author. And they mm. lost the copyright. They lost the copyright uh, because, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that the Rancher book was not even channeled. Um, we don't think there was a channel. However, we know that there was a person associated with it. And, uh, you know, it's a, it sounds like a very far out claim, but it, it is stated by the people that were witnesses to this, that the, the chapters simply appeared and uh, were not uh, channeled by his hand. And hmm. yeah, so it's 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 a it's it's a kind of a big deal. But I mean, the point the point uh, is that it's it's a, not just a, a, a revelation. It's it's an epic-making book, an epical what they call an epical revelation. So it it would it, in its status and quality, it would be something higher or different or other than sort of a routine channeling that you may hear from Seth or you know uh, Abraham or something. Um, it, it is a, a text for the for the, the ages, mm-hmm. and it has been translated into 17 languages. <clears throat> and you know, it's not a big deal to translate a book, but this book is 2,000 pages. And how many so people there, worldwide do you think are actually utilizing this as their theological slash spiritual uh, teachings? Does, does anyone... Oh, it's definitely in the definitely in the millions. Okay. Um, and and uh, but they they, uh, they from the beginning, you know, this thing started uh, co- coming through in the twenties and thirties, and was finished mm. in the forties and published in nineteen fifty five. They had a they had a zero a public relations program. They they wanted it to be word of mouth, and, mm. and that's why a lot of people have not heard about it. Uh, unless they were in circles of people that read big fat books <laughs> you know, like this. Right. And <clears throat> so, uh, but, you know, in my circles, you know, I started hearing about it in, in 1975. Yeah. You've and, been studying uh, it for 40 years, right? So you're a quote unquote expert in this area. Yeah. I'm now considered, you know, since I spent my life on this, but plus, you know, I've had theological training and et cetera, uh, I'm considered a, a, an expert. That's why I'm, interviewed a lot and um, enjoy it. And, but I also made a point of, as I grew up, you know, to study philosophy and related subjects so I could better understand the Arantia book. Cause it just, uh, you know, I've, I'm actually a book publisher and I've been involved with books my whole life, but I, I this is the book, the most fun book I've ever, most interesting book I've ever read. Well, you state in the Arantia book that our chief evolutionary duty, and more importantly, our highest joy, is to engage in two core practices of activities that lead us to this goal. And you say the first is soul synthesis, or soul making, and that the second is circle making, or self-perfecting. My listeners aren't, most of them are not going to know what that is, so I'm asking you to explain what soul making and soul or circle making or self perfecting are yeah so the, you know these are terms that uh, i actually coined uh from myself uh, and to just to make it easier for people so soul making you know we think we think of the soul as something that's sort of resonant in our mind or our psyche you know but we don't know much about it and the ranch book says you actually grow your soul through your decisions in your life. 
So that's why, you know, we can call it soul making, you know, whereas some people, you know, they think of karma, you know, affecting the soul, and that's generally correct. The Rancher book has much more precision about that than I've ever seen, showing exactly how the soul grows and the, the dimensions of it. And there are at least, you know, two dimensions. One is what you can call quantitative, you know, the quantity of your life experience. And the other dimension of soul growth or soul making is qualitative. It's the quality of your decisions. And so the goal is to have both, is to have lots of life experience in all domains of life, you know, have, have a family, you know, your work, you know, relationships and involved in, you know, uh, in life projects, but also to make good decisions. It's, you can have one uh, or both. You can have high quality decisions, but not very many. You could be a monk, you know, a monk wouldn't make higher quality decisions, but they don't have much life experience. You know, they've never brought up a kid. They've never been married, you know, but uh, on the other hand, people can have lo lots of life decisions, lot lots of experience, but not make very good decisions. Right. So they will have a, they'll have like a big soul, you know, a, a bigger soul because the soul is the storage of your life experience, but they will not a have a high quality soul. So you're speaking about the evolution of our soul. In other words, it, it evolves from the time of birth until we die, depending on what people believe out there about reincarnation. But the reality is, is that what you're saying is this is the evolving soul. It's the soul that's longing to be heard, I would say. Most people, I think, uh, are dominated by their ego at many times. I don't know if I want to get into that so much, but, you know. It's it's that constant battle, right? Back and forth between that. Um, what what is the belief of the Arantia book regarding that? It's not a du not just a duality of ego versus soul. It's a it's a tri it's a trinity of of or, or a triad actually, mm -hmm. <laughs> because you know in uh, sort of Christianity we don't have a clear definition of the soul versus the spirit. We think maybe the spirit is the soul, or the, you know we don't know well what that means and so that's why i spent years on this book to I went through what other people say about the soul and about the spirit you know interesting and, uh compare oh yeah it's a very big study and very important because we don't have good definitions and um we know from buddhism and hinduism that there's something called the atman you know the higher self right right, right. the higher self and that in this definition the higher self is not the soul the higher self is something that's God-given that doesn't grow. It's already of God. Hmm. And its, its relationship to you, it, it's inspiring you to have a great life, to have a, a high-quality life. It's inspiring. But if you don't listen to it, then your soul does not grow. So but you're kind you of dividing to, or you're making a, 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 a delineation between those two, which I think is is really important because it's important that we learn these teachings. I mean, that's what this is all about. That's what your book is all about. You know, you, you also mentioned that consider the fact that we're always searching for more, more truth, more beauty, more love, more goodness. And in that same sentence in the book, you mentioned that informing and motivating this adventure is an impulse of evolution, which is what we were basically just talking about coined by our good friend, Barbara Marks Hubbard, who I've interviewed many times. 
What is the is the impulse of evolution in your estimation and by these teachings? You know, I got that phrase actually not from the Arantia book, but from Barbara, because I've been uh, Barbara's publisher. I've been her editor of, you know, a couple of her books. Right. It's a great phrase, and, and it, but it's, it's echoes uh, 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 the theory of the Arantia book of evolution, which is that there is an impersonal aspect of evolution, which comes from deity, from God, mm-hmm. that is moving toward perfection. And that's uh, an answer to your earlier question, <clears throat> that the the drive to perfection, you know, may sound like you're kind of neurotic trying to be perfect, <laughs> but but uh, you, you you can master the art of living to become increasingly perfect, like our Father in heaven is perfect, you know, to quote the Bible. Right. And so the, the, this this impulse comes from the divine, and as I said, it's in it's 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 inside of us as our spirit self, which is not our soul. There are two parts. There's the right. spirit self, which is al- already perfect, and the soul, which is imperfect and evolving in line, in alignment with the higher self. And, and that is the impulse of evolution. The impulse comes from the higher self, from the spirit self, into the mind, and you perceive it or you don't perceive it. And it isn't, it isn't a matter, don't. It, it, um, Byron, it isn't a matter of 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 perfecting it right it's a matter of understanding it that would be my question because you've now delineated between two things this higher self and the soul you're saying the soul right. is imperfect it's here to actually evolve uh but that this other element uh what did you refer to it as the spirit the, self or the higher the, self the higher self is in and in, in, if I'm correct in what I heard, you were saying that it's it's perfect, correct? It is literally your ranch book is a revelation about this uh, about this fact that God loves us enough to give a part of God's self into our minds. Okay, okay, that's a that's a big deal, you know. But that that's is a what big we deal. in the New Age, you know, yeah, yeah and you know, but. We we believe that because we've had lots of channelings from Edgar Casey and everybody else telling you about a higher self, <clears throat> but this has much more detail about it and how it com- came, comes about and, so, and how it works with the human mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you had an experience which a lot of people listening out there haven't had, and probably many have had, but you had a near death experience, and you speak about this, and uh, I think it goes on for a couple of chapters, maybe even more. What effect did the event, you know, you were eight years old, it was a pool, um, you know, and you had this near-death experience, but what effect did this event have on your personal quest to fully understand your own soul-making? Yeah, I thank you for the question. I, you know, it, it was the kind of the first indication to me that there was a soul because I had what we call, what they now call a life review. You know, I was, I was about to drown. And I mm-hmm. sort of like saw my whole life, my whole life passed before my eyes, but I was pretty young. But I, I really vividly saw every event of my life um, in, in like a, a flash. And now we know from all these stories that, you know, a large percentage of people that have NDEs have a life review. They go on the other side. They've completely shown their whole life. And I think that is their soul. It is, it, as Urantia book describes it, 
it's the same thing. It is your 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 spiritual all of the important meaningful events of your life are stored in your soul and can be played back, sort of replayed for you. Mhm. I believe that. And that's what yes. happened to me. And you know, we yeah, I've talked so you to had many, a playback, many of the... you had a playback of in your estimation the first 8 years. You kind of explain it. You saw, you know, all these images and so on, correct? Almost as yes. you know, people explain mere death walking through the tunnel, right? I don't know if it was that way for you, but that's most of the accounts. That's what it is, right? Yeah, I didn't go into the other side. I didn't go through the tunnel. You can have an NDE. You can have a life review whenever you have a big shock. You don't have to die. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, like people say, oh, you know, the, the, the baseball hit me in the head, and it's like my whole life went before my eyes. You know, right? It, it's that type of of thing that happened to me. So I had a minor uh, NDE, not okay. true death. Okay. Yeah. Well, now you state that philosophically speaking, energy, mind, consciousness, evolution, and even spirit are a subsidiary to which is personal, Um, that all function in service to the dignity of personality, which is uh, super ornament in relation to all factors. Thus, you say it would be fair to call the Rancha Revelation a personalist teaching. What are the personalist teachings? You know, you outline some of them in the book, but what, and, and then, you know, you go into some of the things with Ken Wilber, which we'll get to here in a minute, but what are those personalist teachings? Well, you know, thanks, Greg, for actually reading the book. <laughs> it's, a, uh-huh. it's a great question, and um, the you know it's it's the it's really a theological notion that the divine is personal in the sense that the, the divine God, whatever you want to call it, is self-aware of itself. You know, whereas if you might say nature is divine, well, nature doesn't know that it's nature. So the divinity divinity in this idea is self-aware. And self-aware means personal. So this God, Father, Mother, God, knows that it is God, and it loves in a personal way, personally knows you in perfection. That's by definition what gods, what deities do. They know their omniscient. But they're not like a machine, you know. They're actual beings with life and consciousness. But, of course, they're absolute beings. Ah, and so okay. that's that's why that's why the whole universe is fashioned after the image of God. You know, as it says in the Old Testament, you know, made in the God's image, meaning made as a person, and therefore has personal rights, human rights. That's where we get human rights because we're made in the image of God. We we feel things, we feel pain and pleasure. You know, all of that comes from the, the, the divine source of the person. And if we don't get that straight, then number one, you're never going to have any idea of human rights because who cares? You know, they're, they're, well, you just, know, they're just animals. Yeah. And, yeah. and I totally understand. And I, I see where you're coming from. And I have a question for you. It's a, it's kind of a sidebar question. Um, it, it, it is evolving in me right now as we're talking as a result of the interview with Wilbur and, and it basically, he said, look, in the, exoteric religions uh, versus the esoteric religions, which they all kind of got along and helped one another. And the exoteric have been 
striving and that's coming from there he was basically saying that you know most of these religions have done everything to bring about awakening but not growth i thought that was interesting what comment would you have about that because he said all of the exoteric religions are only about and have been only about the awakening um but that the esoteric religions uh have been or philosophies i should say how about that not religions have been more about growth growth and i think he's right and both growth (laughs) right i agree with him and but i think he's a little even a little too optimistic because you know the the exoteric religions like christianity was never telling us to awaken it was just telling us you know to be moral you know, so you could, you know, say, yeah, it's for a moral awakening, but, uh, but generally, yeah, that's right. Because it, they didn't have any idea of, of the growth of a soul really. Yeah. But if people um, picked up your Rancho Revo- the Rancho book, it's called UB. Yeah. That's what you refer to it in your text in a lot of places. Um, yeah. Are they going to awaken and grow or is this book? Yes. Okay. So this yeah. is, this is about growth and awakening, right? If somebody gets into this, decides to study the philosophy, get deep into it, and start to practice what's inside of here, uh, they are going to actually grow. They're going to grow their soul and grow their personality. And the best example of that is, and we should mention, in the Arantia book, it gives you a biography of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So in the whole, in the New Testament, it's, you know, 30 pages, you know, or something. But in the Rancher book, it's 700-page biography showing how he grew and how he awakened. Right. And uh, that is that is why people should get the Rancher book. Uh, my book will give you a summary and save you a lot of time. No, no, this, this what you have here is, is fascinating. But it is deep. I mean, I'll just tell my listeners now, if you're going to get the your evolving soul, um, you're going to be taking a pretty deep dive here. You state that growing a soul is highly personal enterprise with profound consequences. This uh, slowly evolving entity becomes the living embryo of our emerging identity and into eternity. What are the consequences of evolving our soul in your estimation? It is the, the most profound because if one does not evolve a soul, let's say you're Hitler and you don't you don't make any spiritual choices, at, at death, the Rancher book says you don't uh, you still survive after death, and they show you your soul. They, these angels, the angels that are in, in supervising, they say this is you. You're Hitler, so you have almost no soul. And we, we can't, you can't go on unless you have remedial training, <laughs> uh, right? Okay. So, yes. uh, but you, they give you a choice. They say, look, you know, you, you're Chairman Mao Zedong. You killed 10 million people. Your soul is very tiny, but we're going to rehab you. But if you don't want that, this is in the afterlife. If you don't want to do that, you don't have to. Hmm. But you have a kind of a big hill to climb. Right. And, um, but if you if you had a good life, a spiritual moral life, then you have this big beautiful soul after you die, and there's nothing else. There's no body, right? So what what is there going to be? It's going to be the metaphysical part of you, the soul. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's your only asset, you know. You don't take 
your money from your bank account. Your, your only account, bank account is your sole bank account. Agreed. I agree with that. I mean, I think the philosophically that's 100% correct. Now, you mentioned that God's other high gift to uh, human selves, according to the Arantia cosmology, is unique personality. What is the gift of unique personality? Yes, it is in a way, think of it as like a fractal mm -hmm. of God. And um, it's like a, just a chip off the old block, so to speak, of the, the personhood uh, of God. Okay. Know, so we say that God is a person, self-aware person. God has will. God can choose, right? So we have that attribute is given to us. So in other words, our ability to freely choose and to be self-aware is the personality aspect of the self. Mm -hmm. And that has to, that cannot come from the animal inheritance. Animals don't have, you know, free will in this regard. They don't know themselves. They don't have self-awareness, although maybe elephants and dolphins do. Uh, but they, they they don't have language. And so that is also a divine attribute given to us, given to the animal self, to the hominids, right? We were hominids. And the ranch book says at a certain point, you know, a long time ago, a million years ago, the personality was conferred on the first humans, and they began to have free will. Right. Right, and, right. And, and that's how humanity then evolved with the freedom and, you know, to have much more freedom than animals do. And they became who, who we are today because, it, but it didn't evolve from the biology. It was God given. Got it. That's okay. Yeah. So there's an intersection here. We talked about this and I said, I'd get to it. You state that Gerontras can also find common ground with the integralist, which would be Wilbur with respect to yeah. what, you another one you refer to this crucial triad the good the true and the beautiful and wilbur calls these the big three now while earlier right. noted in the rancha book it's called the trio of the comprehensible element of deity how would right. you tell our listeners out there to integrate the this integral teaching that wilbur teaches to better understand the rancha teaching it's better to read my book than to try to do it yourself because it took me about 20 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it's basically he shows these levels lines. of growth yeah. and lines of growth right? and states of consciousness. And, and you know, this has been, been a total mess until he kind of straightened it out. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that the Urantia book also does this pretty much the same distinctions. Okay. And that preceded Ken Wilbur. And you know, by the way, I'm hoping to see Ken Wilbur in Denver shortly on my book tour. And I'd see if he, he really does accept this, you know, because it's my it's my theory that his his theories are the same as Urantia book. But you know, it's the idea that there is um order to the to the to our consciousness. And um their dimensions and we can describe them um, and, and get somewhere, you know, in terms of psychology, so we can understand psychology and also when people go astray psychologically. Well, so the that way helps. that he actually lays it out as a map is to me very important. And I think uh, you do a very similar thing and in your book, the way you've broken it down, I think it's very well 
uh, written considering the complexity of the content in it. Um, but it, it, it definitely is something that any reader out there who's listening to this and wants to pick this up and find out more about the Arantia there, this has got to be the, the best book to do that with. So last question for you. Speak with us about this thought adjuster and how he whispers new, what you call new of our idea, career, or childhood, or adolescence. I thought that part was kind of interesting. Um, Who is this thought adjuster? (laughs) It's a technical term for the spirit self in the Arantia book. So this the familiar idea of a higher self. Mm-hmm. You know, we've heard it a lot and for a lot of channelings, a lot of things. And But the Rancher book goes in, you know, if you really are a seeker, you really want the details. This is the details about the higher self, distinguishing it from the evolving soul. That's two different parts. And the higher self, again, as we said, is, is uh, remember we said that the personality is a fractal of God, but the higher self, this thought adjuster, is a fragment of God. It's a fragment of God, right. and so we have. It's important to know what God is. Well, God is pure spirit, pure energy, pure consciousness. So this this part of us is able to adjust our thinking. That's why they call it a thought adjuster. But it doesn't adjust our thinking unless we're already thinking. Right. So it doesn't. It doesn't give you the idea. It 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 it, it inspires you to to have good ideas. And when you have a good idea, you're you're pulling in its energy. And then there's a very big extra step, Greg, which I haven't explained enough. Once you do that and you pull in its guidance, that mm. goes into the soul. That goes into the soul. Mm. You see, I found so it, you're incarnating it into the soul. Yes. I found the concept fascinating because I just finished my own book. It's a, my second one. Um, called Hacking the Gap, a journey from intuition to innovation and beyond. And I speak highly about the soul and listening to the soul, especially through getting in touch with your intuition to actually uh, evolve products and services into the marketplace. So I'm, I was fascinated by the thought adjuster because now you're saying, you know, if you're aware, it you can bring this idea in and actually it's something where... It, you're assisting to manifest it. I think you're the vehicle. I even write in my own book that you become the vehicle for these these thoughts. Right. These higher thoughts, these intuitions, as long Correct. as they're pure intuitions. Right. That is from the spirit self or for the higher mind. Yes, indeed. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. uh, but your answer book adds this, that, yeah, we know about intuition. We know about, uh, you know, prayer is a good thing. Meditation is a good thing. But when you receive and accept those higher ideas, the soul evolves to a higher quality, and and it, it you know, all these things that Ken Wilber's talking about are activated in that in that great in, in encounter of of your mind reaching up and and the mind of this thought adjuster, the spirit self, reaching down, and they meet in the middle, inside your mind, and that middle part of the mind is the soul evolving as you encounter these spiritual impulses and choose them. You know, you, the human, you, you, the animal origin human are reaching up and choosing and creating a soul. And that's the great mission uh, of our lives, not just now, but in the afterlife as well, if I understand it right. 
Well, I like the fact that you virtually given a delineation, as I said, between this soul and this higher self. And I think, as you say, you you used the term just a second ago, reaching up or reaching this to actually, I, I wouldn't say it's always in, in unity, but it would seem like you were trying to create some kind of unity there um, between what you're using as your you're kind of giving us a way to look at it, um, you know, in, in a new way, I would say. But, you know, I would say for my listeners who have never explored this, um, Byron, they're definitely going to want to. Where do you want to send them? What do you want to tell them as we, uh, as we end this interview here uh, to learn more about this? I know this is an Origin Press book. Um, and I, we did mention the www.evolving-souls.org. Uh, is there someplace else? Is there an organization that's involved around Urantia that they can go to other places that they can pick up information about this? Um, obviously get your book off of Amazon um, and go to the, your website as well. But uh, any place else you want to tell them to go? Yeah, to go to, to go to my website and sign up to get my updates because I'm in touch with the entire Urantia movement worldwide, mm-hmm. and um, I'm you know speaking at their international conference next week, and you know I just basically know what's happening. So I, I post the news, and very briefly of what's happening with the Urantia movement and how it's interfacing with everything, with all the religions, with Ken Wilber. So they can just sign up there and learn uh, much more about it over time as I write new blogs and put out videos and do it that way. And also go to urantia.org, urantia.org, which is kind of the official website of the Urantia Foundation. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If they wanted to go there to learn more, that'd be urantia.org. Yep. And for my listeners, it's spelled U-R-A-N-T-I-A. So that's where you would go, .org. You've also got a YouTube video up at your website, Introducing Videos from Evolving Souls YouTube channel. So there's a channel there as well, right? Right. I have a YouTube channel called Evolving Souls Community, so it's easy to find. Right. And with lots of my videos and stuff there as well, indeed. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, For my listeners, uh, the book is called Your Evolving Soul. It's the cosmic spirituality of the Rancher Revelation. And we've been speaking with Byron and say your last name again. I don't want to mess this up. I already did it once. (laughs) It's a a Greek name. It's Byron Belitsos. Belitsos. So, and that is spelled for my listeners, B-E-L-I-T-S-O-S, Belitsos. So you can actually just type that in in the uh, good Google find there. You're going to come up with all kinds of things uh, for Byron. Byron, pleasure having you on and joining us from the Midwest today to speak with us about your new book. Appreciate you taking the time. um, and, And we will make sure that we get this out to all of our listeners. Thank you, Greg. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks again.